Welcome to Healthcare Rounds, the podcast serving you the ins and outs of health policy and business topics, as well as our take on the rapidly evolving healthcare delivery ecosystem. I'm John Marchica, founder and CEO of Darwin Research Group and host of this podcast. To learn more about us, go to darwinresearch.com. A Johns Hopkins community intervention is associated with reductions in admissions, readmissions, and emergency department visits, netting $113.3 million in savings, according to new research in JAMA Network Open. Here's our take. We know that most of you won't want to wade into the research, so we're doing it for you. The lessons that can be gleaned from this project are important. Johns Hopkins Community Health Partnership, or JCHIP, was created to improve health outcomes through better care coordination in East Baltimore, Maryland. The JAMA study that reviewed JCHIP included results from 2012 to 2016 following two types of interventions, non-randomized acute care intervention, or ACI, and community intervention, CI, for Medicare and Medicaid beneficiaries. Of note, JCHIP was implemented for all payers, but the analysis only includes Medicare and Medicaid beneficiaries because of data limitations for other payers. About 2,100 East Baltimore residents participated in the initiative. Here's what they did. In the ACI group, practitioners focused on improving transition planning following a hospital discharge. They employed six strategies. One, early screen for discharge planning to predict service needs following discharge. Two, Daily multidisciplinary unit-based rounds to review goals and priorities of care. Three, patient education using tablet-based modules. Four, enhanced medication management, including the option of medications in hand at the time of discharge. Five, telephone follow-up after discharge by nurses staffing a patient access line. And finally, six, skilled home care, remote patient monitoring, and or a skilled nurse transition guide for high-risk patients. In the CI group, they integrated behavioral health care services at eight ambulatory sites and used predictive modeling to determine which patients were at greatest risk for hospitalization. They then deployed interdisciplinary teams of care coordinators and community-based health workers in East Baltimore, working in close collaboration with primary care practitioners. The teams homed in on patients who had barriers to accessing care, often meeting them in their homes. Behavioral health specialists look for substance abuse or other psychiatric disorders. To avoid getting into the statistical weeds here, we'll keep this simple. The researchers arrived at their results by comparing expenses for the patient population for about 18 months prior to the intervention versus expenses incurred during the study period. By any measure, JTRIP was remarkably successful. The grant used to pay for the program, including an investment from Johns Hopkins, was $19.9 million. At the start of the program, JTRIP leadership estimated that they would save $52.6 million, less than half the $113.3 million that was actually saved. That's more than a 5 to 1 return on investment. Researchers also surveyed patients to assess satisfaction using a modified version of the Consumer Assessment of Healthcare Providers and Systems. All but one of the satisfaction measures met or exceeded 94%. And overall, JCHIP patients rated their healthcare practitioner an average of 8.9 on a 10-point scale 
and rated their trust of their care team an average of 9.1, with 92% of respondents saying they would recommend their care team to their family and friends. The researchers wrote, The evaluation of the JHIP program suggests that a care coordination model that includes separate but complementary bundles of intervention strategies in an urban academic environment can be associated with dramatic improvements in many key utilization and cost indices. They continued, However, it is worth noting that the size of the effect is not likely wholly generalizable, as other efforts to implement such care delivery transformations will reflect investments made by the organizations, baseline health, and utilization of patients served, and the communities in which they reside. We were so struck by the results that we felt it merited this week's lead write-up. To be fair, as the study authors point out, such an expansive program isn't for everyone. JCHIP was instituted in a very specific patient population in an urban academic setting. The cost of implementing this kind of community-based initiative might be prohibitive for, say, your average ACO or health system. That said, it's worth noting that Johns Hopkins instituted, quote, nearly all aspects of the program in its JHM Accountable Care Organization, the Johns Hopkins Healthcare Medicaid Managed Care Plan, and other state initiatives related to the Maryland all-payer model. Here's what else you need to know. The Food and Drug Administration has banned the sale of fruit or sweet-favored electronic cigarettes in traditional retail outlets. Only tobacco, mint, and menthol flavors will be allowed for sale in convenience stores, gas stations, or other retail settings. Other flavored e-cigarette products will still be available through age-verified online sites or age-restricted retail stores. FDA Commissioner Scott Gottlieb said, We won't let this pool of kids, pool of future potential smokers, a future disease and death to continue to build. I will not allow a generation of children to become addicted to nicotine through e-cigarettes. Walmart is mandating travel for spine surgeries for its employees, effective January 1st in an effort to lower health care costs, the Wall Street Journal reported. Since 2013, Walmart has struck deals with select hospitals and health systems for spine surgeries, hip and knee replacement surgeries, and certain cardiac procedures. When Walmart employees choose one of these providers, they receive consultations and care covered at 100%, without a deductible or coinsurance, plus travel, lodging, and living expenses for the patient and a caregiver. But until now, the program has been voluntary, and Walmart's health plan has paid for services at whatever hospital the employee chooses. San Francisco-based Verta Health, a virtual diabetes management clinic, announced an all-downside risk payment model for its app-based program. Under this model, employers and payers are charged an enrollment fee only after a patient engagement milestone has been achieved. Verta said this is to ensure that patients stay engaged during the initial treatment stages. The company said, After that, every dollar and the majority of overall payment is at risk and tied to health improvement based on diabetes reversal metrics, such as HbA1c reduction, without per-member per-month payment or implementation fees. Verta claims it saves payers an estimated $9,600 per patient in medical and drug costs during the first 24 months and said peer-reviewed outcomes show a 60% diabetes reversal rate among patients who complete one year of treatment. 
CMS will allow state Medicaid programs to cover short-term stays for care provided in psychiatric hospitals or residential treatment centers under a demonstration program announced last week. Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar said, More treatment options for serious mental illness are needed, and that includes more inpatient and residential options. We will strongly emphasize that inpatient treatment is just one part of what needs to be a complete continuum of care, and participating states will be expected to take action to improve community-based mental health care. Dignity Health and Catholic Health Initiatives are one step closer to finalizing their merger, having chosen a new brand name. After a review of more than 1,200 names, the organizations announced that the combined system will be known as Common Spirit Health. Dignity Health and CHI said that Common Spirit will follow a house of brand strategy, retaining the names of local facilities in the communities where they are located. The merger is expected to close by the end of the year, pending final regulatory approvals. Finally, Elliott Management and Veritas Capital are acquiring Athena Health for $5.7 billion, taking the publicly traded cloud-based vendor of electronic health records private. The company will be combined with Virence Health, which Veritas acquired earlier this year. From all of us at Darwin Research Group, thanks for listening. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to Healthcare Rounds. If you have a topic you'd like to see covered in a future episode, please email us at podcast at darwinresearch.com. And if you haven't already subscribed to our weekly strategic brief, go to darwinresearch.com and subscribe today. See you next round.